Welcome to another episode of the Family Stories Podcast, where the stories are always told by those who live them without the filters of pride and pretense. I'm Grandpa Jimmy, your host. In 2012, a beautiful 28-year-old woman, the wife of an electrical engineer and mother of a seven-month-old baby boy, received a devastating medical diagnosis, stage three colon cancer. She'd experienced pain for years, but colon cancer in someone so young, who would have ever thought? And this is not even the half of her story. That's the story we're going to hear today. And my guest, Shannon Lau. Welcome to the podcast, Shannon. Thank you, Grandpa Jimmy. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Well, it's a privilege to have you here. I'm so glad you're going to tell your story. I I know what you're going to be sharing today is going to bless many, many people, and especially those who have been suffering with chronic health conditions or even chronic depression issues, because you have faced them both in a big way. So just to start here, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your family? Well, my family right now is my husband, Blake, and my Levi. Um, My husband and I got married in 2008. We met online, and then my son Levi was born in August of 2011, and he's been such a blessing. Kids do that, you know they they just absolutely change your life. I love kids. I except that now our grandkids are in their 20s. I can't believe I'm that old. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Have you been a Christian all your life? I became a Christian when I was in fifth grade for sure. I remember in fifth grade turning my life over to Christ. So I guess I was probably about 10. And I was raised in a Christian home. I um, was sent to a Christian school from third grade till I graduated, went to a Christian college, whole shebang. So you actually had a pretty good foundation in, in the Bible, in faith, and those kinds of things. That is for sure. Well, before cancer came along, there was another thing that you were dealing with and it was actually fairly devastating for you, and that was clinical depression. Am I right about that? That's that's very true. Um, even in middle school and high school, I was that girl that could smack on the smile, but inside I was dying. And it was hard to cope with anything in life. It was hard to get out of bed. It was hard to go to school and to function um, twice when I was in middle school and high school. I had suicidal thoughts, or I made a plan of what, how I was going to end my life. Sometimes my depression came out in an eating disorder that I struggled with all through middle school and high school, and then continued to struggle with in a different way as after I graduated from college. I was a Sunday school teacher, so I slapped on the smile, and then after Sunday school, I played piano in church, and no one knew. So you can be clinically depressed and put on a front, and nobody knows you've got that issue. Nobody, not even your parents, not your siblings. You, it's a mask. You put on that mask, and you just don't let people see who you truly are. And you suffer because then you don't know who you truly are. All you are is who you expect people want you to be. Did, and that is. Was it that way when you married? Was it still that way? Was it a secret, your own personal little secret? No. My husband was probably one of the first people I told. And when we met, we met online. And when we started talking on the phone, I knew that if this relationship was going to last and if it was going to be permanent, 
I had to be honest with who I was. This was something that I struggled with. And this is something that I knew I would need his help with. So I told him probably the second or third conversation we had on the phone before we even met in person. So he knew. He knew what I was struggling with. Um, but he loved you. There you go. See? <laughs> it, he did. And he still does. And even as I struggle with it today, he's always there to point me back to Jesus, which is what I need. So uh, it's not 100% gone now either. No, I think that's one misconception people have is that you, some people, most people go through episodes of the blues. You struggle for a week or two, dog dies, you have to move to a new town, whatever, you struggle. Um, You get a health diagnosis. But clinical depression is when you cannot come out of it. It's not a week or two. It's months, years. It never goes away. At one point, I was on medication for it. And that medication actually made me very suicidal. So it did just the opposite of what it was supposed to do. It did just the opposite. And a lot of those medications have black box warnings, which say they will make you suicidal. Um, So when I got to that point where I had the pill bottle in my hand and was sending my sister a text to say, I love you. I won't see you again, but just know I'm doing the best I can. That's when I reached the breaking point of needing to get off the antidepressants and getting true Christian counseling help to get off of them, which you should not go off of those cold turkey. So I got the help um, and weaned myself off of them, learned what the Bible says, learned how to go to God. But it is still something I struggle with today, even just a few years ago, even after my cancer diagnosis. Well, you know, this is important. We're going to get into some even more serious things here in just a moment, but that's really important because a lot of times people want instantaneous results. They want to pray. They want God to deliver them from something, and it doesn't always happen instantaneously, which you have experienced. That's correct. So uh, you were married, had a baby, uh, and then you went to the doctor and got a diagnosis. What prompted that? Well, even before we got married, I... Didn't realize it, but I kept telling my husband at that point, my fiance, my stomach hurts, my stomach hurts. And he said, just go to the doctor. So I went and got some different tests done. And one was a colonoscopy and they didn't get to the end of my colon. And they said, you just have irritable bowel syndrome. Just, you have to watch your diet. Well, I watched my diet. And by the time um, my son was born, I lost weight at the end of my pregnancy. You're supposed to be gaining two pounds a week, and I was losing two pounds a week. Um, during my pregnancy, I remember going into the doctor and saying, this baby's head is in my hip. Like, what is? He said, no, his head's not over there. And so after he was born, um, I just started having a lot of stomach pains about four months later after having dealt with postpartum depression, which I did deal with, um, to the point where I was ready to put him up for adoption, had researched options on how do you put up a four-month-old for adoption. Um, went to the doctor for some stomach pains. And through a series of ER visits and cleanses and anything we could think of, ended up at the surgeon's office, had a colonoscopy. They said, it's not going to show anything. You just have chronic appendicitis. We'll just we'll do the scope on Friday just to make sure. And we'll schedule you to have your appendix out on Tuesday. And they went in on Friday. And this is the part of the story people laugh at, but 
when I came out of the colonoscopy, I had, before going in, I had seen people like they'd come out and they'd just come out into the recovery area and have those curtains. You just pull around. Well, when I woke up, I was in a room with a door. And so I knew something probably wasn't right. And my husband said, when he walked back there and the doctor came in and said, well, we found exactly where you're hurting. There's a tumor about the size of a golf ball. It doesn't look cancerous. We took a biopsy of the outside of it. Um, but we're going to go ahead and schedule you for surgery on Tuesday. I need you to eat. You haven't eaten in three weeks. So eat. I ate, did a colon cleanse Monday, went in for surgery Tuesday. After the surgery, they told my husband and my pastor and my deacon and my father-in-law, it's not cancer. It doesn't look like cancer. It was a little bigger than we expected, the size of a softball. That's pretty um, big. <laughs> it was. It was. Um, but it's not cancer. We took some lip nodes just in case. And on Friday, what was we- it? What, was the reason they were so hesitant is because you were so young? I mean, was that the... I, I don't know. I was young. I was only 28. I had no family history of cancer anywhere in my family. It was just rare for a female, an American female at 28, that would have a cancer in that part of my colon. By Friday, when the doctor was leaving for vacation, I said, I'd really like to have those biopsy results. And he came in and said, it's cancer. He closed the door again, said, it's cancer. Um, we don't know what stage yet, but you're going to have to do chemo. Um, two weeks later, we found out it was stage three. It had infected some lymph nodes. So after I recovered from my colon surgery to remove about 18 inches of my colon, about three weeks later, I had a surgery to put a port in. And two weeks after that, or a week after that, I started 12 rounds of chemotherapy. My goodness. I, I've heard things about chemotherapy that I, I don't even want to repeat. It is, it is not fun from everything I've ever heard. No, not at all. So here you were diagnosed uh, with uh, colon cancer, stage three, going to go through 12 different sessions, not just sessions, 12 actual. We, we did 12 rounds. 12 rounds, and each round is, is what? Well, the way mine worked was I went in on Tuesday morning to the oncology center, and they would pump me full of fluids and anti-nausea medicine that made me sick. And then they would give me two, one or two types of chemo medicine through an IV at the doctor's office. Then I got to come home with a pump that was connected to my port and stayed connected for 48 hours. And that and every, was that considered one round right there? That whole thing would be considered a round? Yes. So oh Tuesday to Thursday was one round. So you did that 12 times? 12 times. And at the same time, you're dealing with clinical depression. Yes. <laughs> How in the world did you survive that? I mean, people people deal with a lot less than that and don't make it. So tell people, how in the world did you get through that? I tend to be a very determined person. And when my son, when I realized I was depressed after having my son, I decided I was going to read through the Bible in a year in 2012. Well, it was March 2012 when I was diagnosed. So I was already months into this plan. And I said, I'm, I'm going to do this. The weeks that I didn't have chemo, I read two weeks worth to keep on track. And I ended up that year reading through the Bible twice in chronological order. So for me, it was staying strong in my faith. My oncologist, when he found out that I was the Sunday school teacher, church pianist, I'm going to go to church. 
said, no, you are not allowed. That was depressing in and of itself. So on when I had chemo on Tuesday, I did, did not go to church that Sunday. I was way too susceptible for getting sick. But I would go that next week. I had a week off in between. I'd go that next week. So I was going to church every other week. I was still playing piano at the beginning until the drugs gave me neuropathy in my hands and feet. And I couldn't, it hurt. It hurt to walk. It hurt to play piano. It hurt to do anything. And I felt like Satan was taking away everything he could. He took away getting to see my son grow up. He took away getting to play piano. All of those things. I couldn't read because I was so sick. All I could do was pray. Well, you know, that, it, and it's interesting that you would say that Satan was taking this away because he is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It was the devil working to destroy your life. Yes. And I felt like he was just saying, what's one more thing I can take away? Now, I used to be a very active athlete, and I couldn't even walk. My son and I would have crawling battles on the floor to see who could get to the hall first. I couldn't go on my hands or my feet. I had to crawl on my elbows and my knees. So my son and I had a lot in common during that time. And that was devastating. Was there, did there come a turning point? Did did anything happen? Was there something significant or a turning point in all of this? When I was on chemo, um, there was a nurse who was. Let's let, let's, uh, let the train pass by just a moment. I'll edit. So after round 11, well, let me back up. After round six, we had to stop some of the chemo meds because I was going to be paralyzed. Um, I was. We found out round two, I was allergic to them. By round six, I was going to be paralyzed if I continued them. Um, so by the end of round 11, going into round 12, I text a nurse, one of my chemo nurses, to say, I don't know, but something's wrong. And she just said, Shannon, when you were diagnosed, all you had to do was survive. Well, you've survived. So now this is going to be a new normal. So I finished chemo and went through all the different scans to make sure I was cancer-free. Um, and throughout the next couple of years, we found spots. We found a spot in my hip, a mass in my hip. And by the time we went in to do surgery for that, when they went in to do surgery, it had disappeared. Um Gee, I wonder what might have happened there. <laughs> I don't know. I think God probably had yeah, something you think to do. So. <laughs> yeah. But even after that, just all the different side effects from chemo and from having a colon surgery, my whole life had changed. My whole lifestyle had changed. And when I was five years out from having cancer, so I was declared cured. I wasn't cured. They just didn't tell me that. Um, my five-year CT scan, they found two spots on my liver. If you know anything about colon cancer, when it spreads to your liver, it's fatal. And you have 13 months to live. So, But you're still here. But I'm still here, and that was three years ago. But it was during that time where I thought, Lord, I had just gotten through all this. I'm really back into church. We are ministering. We are doing all this stuff. Now what? And at one point, we thought we were going to have to have my colon removed because I was experiencing such traumatic digestive issues. And my husband and I were on our way um, to Knoxville. We live halfway between Knoxville and Chattanooga in Tennessee. We were on our way up to UT to visit a doctor about having this surgery. 
remove my colon. And when they did that, they were going to take the spots off my liver. Um, but remove part of my liver because your liver grows back. So they could remove part of it. And I remember driving to my husband's office just saying, I can't do this. And he works at a nuclear power plant and there's a, it's on a river. So there's a bridge. And I just thought, I'm just going to, going to drive my car off this bridge. It will save people so much time and energy. I don't need this pain. I know I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to go. But I couldn't do it. My car wouldn't go off the road. Oh, you, you actually tried to turn it off the bridge and it wouldn't do it? I was aiming for the end of the bridge and it, I went down the middle. <laughs> so um, those were God's angels just saying, nope, you have, there's more for you to do. So I made it to my husband's work. I didn't go in. You, normally I would go in and talk with some of the people. And I just sat in the car and texted him and said, I'm here. And I was bawling at that point. And um, he came out and he said, I don't know what's wrong, but we're going to work through this and you're going to be okay. So we went to the appointment and the doctor gave us some hope. And on our way home, I told my husband, you have no idea how your words changed my life, literally changed my life. And after I dropped my husband back off at work and was on my way to pick up my son from school, I, the song, um, thy will came on the radio and thy will be done. You know, we don't understand God's will and it's so hard sometimes, but thy will be done. And at that point I decided, I declared to the Lord, I will share my story with whoever will listen to show that your love endures forever that you can carry us through these things. And and, and you have come through something that uh, many, many people would would not have endured, I am sure. That's not to say that I still, like I said earlier, I still struggle with depression. I still struggle with anxiety. Probably about a year after that, I was really struggling to the point where anything I was involved in at church besides playing piano, I quit. I quit helping with vacation Bible school. I quit teaching Sunday school. I quit leaving the youth group. I quit the youth choir. I quit the adult choir, everything. I couldn't deal with it anymore. I quit and I sheltered inside myself. And it wasn't until God said, you need to reach out. And I had those one or two friends that would reach out to me. And even now, if I text a friend, I can just say, I just need prayer. I don't know what's wrong. I just need prayer. And they pray and they check on me to see how I'm doing. And I'll tell my husband, something's wrong. I don't know what it is, but I need prayer. And through this time where we've all been, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but right now it's COVID-19 and we're all sheltering in place. I'm going a little crazy. And so one thing I've been doing is really focusing on my spiritual walk and my prayer life. And I love to be outside and walk around. And so I've combined my neighborhood walk with my prayer time. So this morning at 6.15, the sun was coming up. It's 32 degrees here. I just put my hoodie on and walked for 45 minutes. and just you, left. you live in what city again? We live in Athens, Tennessee. So a little it was ten- only in the 30s there this morning? And record lows. This is not normal. What's normal I was going to say, the- that sounded a little chilly. It, it was cold. I had to cover all my garden plants last night. But just to get outside to see the sun come up and just to praise God for it. 
he's the only way I get through any day in life, especially the days when I'm depressed, when I'm feeling down, when my stomach is killing me and I don't know what I ate that was wrong or what was right or I just have to go back to him. I, that That is the answer. It's in him. I, I'm just uh, amazed at your story because this has been such a long-term battle for you. And here you are. And I know you said you can put on a face, but here you are smiling. You're following after God. You have a husband who loves you, a son that you love dearly, and I'm sure he loves you as well. And God is still working in your life. And a woman who should not have made it this far is still walking the planet. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you've defied yeah. all of the odds, and that—that that is because, in, from my perspective, that is absolutely because you have given your entire life to Jesus and what he wants to do through you. Yes, and I found when you tell God, just use me, use me, he provides ways. So whether it's through my blog or through the small groups that I host in my home or the Sunday school or youth group or whatever it is, always provides ways to share his glory, to share my story, to bring others closer to him. Well, there's, I've talked to many people who have had chronic issues and they're still dealing with them and they need to know they're not the only one and that there is a way through this and it's all in Jesus. If you were going to say something to, to someone who's dealing with a long-term chronic issue, what would you tell them? Don't quit. Don't give up. Have faith in God. Remember who you are and whose you are. If you are in Christ, you are victorious. You can get through this. It won't be easy, but it's through these difficult times that we get closer to God. I've learned to just praise him for them and praise him in them and know that this is for his glory. It's for my good. I may not understand it. That's why I need to not quit. Keep going and stay focused on him. Well, that is a good word for people. You know, I, I'm i a believer in healing. I'm a, believe, a believer that uh, God wants all of us to be healthy, to walk in perfect health. And at the same time, I've seen so many people who, who haven't experienced that yet, just like you, that have been going through long-term issues. And uh, it's important to keep our faith in him in spite of the way we feel. And in spite of being depressed and the different things that come along. And that is a, that is a fight. It's actually a spiritual warfare. Yeah. And I've learned that when you go through those battles, that if you will stand firm and stay strong in him, you will come out stronger on the other side. And for me, when I was diagnosed with cancer, to be able to look back at the other parts of my life and see where God had worked through those difficult times whether it was through school, you know, finding a husband, we dealt with infertility, but seeing God's faithfulness and those times really helped me rely on his faithfulness during chemo, during the diagnosis. And since then, you know, when I'm having a bad day and not understanding why things seem to never go my way, just to remember to look back and say, you know what? He was faithful. And he will continue to be faithful because that's who he is. Is it okay if anybody contacts you and talks about this with you or that that needs help? Would you be willing to talk with somebody or help them through some of these things? Yes, of course. That's why I share my story. You know, the Bible says God comforts us in our times of trouble so that we can comfort others. 
And that is my goal. How can somebody reach you? How can they get a hold of you? They can find me on Facebook. Um, I also have a blog that they can contact me through the blog. That might be the easiest way. And on Facebook, I'm just Shannon Lau. I think it's like dot 16 or something because the way they did that. Um, and my blog is living simply for God, one word, living simply for God dot wordpress dot com. I try to post a inspirational devotional once a week. And then on the other one other time a week, I'll make either a recipe post or a book review. Just to inspire people because life's not all about food and books, but we do go through those hard times. But I have also learned that um, staying in the word and reading good books is a great way to point myself back to God, to eat healthy, to exercise. Those are all ways to combat depression. Um, and that's why I do it every day. All my body at this point forces me to to function. So, Well, you know, that's um, that's how I learned about you, Shannon, on Facebook. I, I saw your, your daily posts on there, and you had, I think, recently one called Shakeology. And you have special meals on there and all kinds of little things that I think uh, we really enjoy looking at. So I just encourage people to contact you. You know, if you have a chronic issue of some kind, Shannon may be just the person who can help you get through that. So, Shannon, thank you very, very much for being on this podcast today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, for those of you who are listening, you too have a story, and it's probably better than you think. If you'd like to tell it, I would love to hear from you. You can get a hold of me at uh, mygrandpajimmy.com or mygrandpajimmy at gmail.com. So let us know. Thank you very much for listening. God bless all of you.